Amen. Everybody good? Praise God. Does anybody know who Charlie Strong is? If you know who he is, he needs prayer. Y'all don't know who Charlie is? Y'all need to get with it. He's the coach of the University of Texas. And uh, the Catholic boys beat up on them pretty bad yesterday. That would be Notre Dame. And so they need prayer. So I just thought I'd throw that out. Come on, y'all. Man, college football started yesterday. NFL starts Thursday. I'll be at Men's Retreat. And NFL starting. All right, let's bow our heads and dismiss. Father, we thank you for this day. Man, y'all need, I don't know, man. Y'all are excited. Uh, high school football's on. We've been doing that for a couple of weeks, and uh, it's good. Fall's on. Amen? Praise God. Uh, as Kurt mentioned, this past week, we started Power Kids and we started Ground Zero. Wednesday night, this auditorium was filled from wall to wall with teenagers, uh, sixth through the 12th grade. And uh, we had an amazing Ground Zero service. Uh, the message was incredibly powerful and prophetic. And Kurt mentioned what he preached on, uh, which is, I can't, but God can. Then uh, down the street in Power Kids, uh, we had an amazing service. We did registration in our first service, and it was absolutely packed, standing room only. Now, Wednesday, with both services combined, uh, we reached out to almost 300 kindergarten through 12th graders. 300. And then this past Friday night, we did our first home Tulia football game. And then fifth quarter was uh, at Ground Zero. And what that is, that's an event that happens after the football game to give teenagers a safe place to go after the game uh, where there's no drugs and alcohol. There's adult supervision. Uh, it's a positive environment. The coffee bar is open. Concessions is open. There's good Christian music playing. And kids come and hang out and are together. We don't actually do a service, but it's a positive environment. And we, I, we had probably one of the largest crowds uh, at fifth quarter Friday that we've ever had. It was packed with kids. And we probably had 200 kids. Now, here's what I want you to know. This week, we ministered to 500 kindergarten through 12th graders with ground zero power kids in fifth quarter. Now, folks, there's two things about that I want you to understand, and it ties into what I'm going to talk about this morning. All right, numbers are not important in the sense that, well, we're in competition or we're trying to win or who, none of that matters. That's stupid, and we know it is. But the numbers matter because every single one of those numbers is a teenager Every single one of those numbers is a third grader, a fourth grader, a fifth grader, a first grader. Every one of those numbers represents a child. And we had an incredible week reaching out and ministering to the kids in this community. Folks, that's 10% of the population of this city. Uh, in, in the church world, that's unheard of. Okay, that's unheard of. It's, it's, it's something that's not even done. And amazing things happened. And what I want to do this morning is the Holy Spirit spoke to me this week. And I want to ask you to help me this morning. I'm going to show you three things uh, that the Lord told me to share with you uh, to help us going forward. Let me read you something. Here, here's our mission. Our mission is to make a positive difference in the lives of young people in Tulia and beyond. And we're doing it. All right, everybody say we. All right, we're doing it. I'm not doing it. We're doing it. Look at your neighbor and say you. 
Some of y'all didn't do it. Do it again. Look at your neighbor and say you. All right. Us, listen, we, Tully Christian Fellowship, as I look across this room, I want every single one of you to know that we are making a difference in the lives of teenagers. We are making a difference in the lives of boys and girls. And I know you give. I know you pray. I know many of you volunteer. Uh, We have new volunteers in both those ministries. So the Lord showed me three things that I want to show with you that I'm going to ask you to be a part of, and it's going to involve prayer. Here's what I want us to do. The Holy Spirit told me this. He said, I want you to pray three things every single week over Grand Zero and over Power Kids. And those three things are this, that our kids would have open hearts, that they would have tender hearts, and they would have burning hearts. That they would have open hearts, they would have tender hearts, and they would have burning hearts. I want to read my first scripture to you. I'm going to read to you out of James chapter 4, verse 6. And let me talk to you about our kids and teenagers having tender hearts. Let me read the verse to you. It says, and he, he is God, gives grace generously. I love that. Listen, you serve a generous God. You don't serve a stingy God. You serve a generous God. The Bible says God gives liberally. One of the things I never liked about communion with that little wafer and that little tiny cup is it almost gives you an image of a little God. Our God's not little. He's big and he's generous. Amen? All right, listen to what it says. He gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The last part of that verse is what I want you to see. It said God opposes the proud. The King James says he resists the proud. In the original language, it means if you were to put your hand on somebody's forehead and hold them at arm's length. It's almost like somebody's trying to punch you and they're windmilling their arms, but they can't reach you because you have your hand on their forehead holding them back. All right, that verse says that if you think I don't need God, I don't need his help, I can do it on my own, that God resists the proud, God opposes the proud. The next part of that verse says, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, the word humble simply means tender. Now, here's what I want you to, here's the first thing I want you to pray with me. Now, if you have a prayer time and a personal devotion time, and you could add this into your prayer time on a daily basis, I would be incredibly grateful. But if you don't pray it except on Wednesday morning, here's what I want to invite you to help us do on Wednesday night. I want you to pray that our kids and our teenagers, that they have tender hearts, that their hearts are tender before God. You see, here's the thing. All right, when, when Kurt preaches the word in here and I'm down ministering in power kids, if the kids have hard hearts and lots of kids have hard hearts, now smaller kids don't. Here's the amazing thing about power kids is they're not hard-hearted yet. Now we do have some kids in power kids that are hard-hearted. We've had some kids who've been hurt early in their life, but most of the time they're open. I mean, when we put that song on down there, I, I mean, I just wish all of you could come to one power kid service. I mean, we put that song on God's Not Dead and when the intro starts they all go oh i mean i wish y'all would do that one time in church just one time you know when greg rips off into some song you're so excited that you all just go oh like you would if you were at a led zeppelin concert right or zz top or whoever it is that you i don't know the beastie boys i don't know all right whoever it is that you think you need to go see right my mother would have wanted to go see dean martin but they're She's in heaven. I don't know if he is, all right? I don't, I don't know the guy, right? Okay. All right, but they start singing, and they sing with all their hearts. God's not dead. He's surely alive. You know why? Because their hearts are tender. But then when you get into ground zero, teenagers have been hurt, and teenagers have had to get hard to survive. Many of you have done the very same thing. We've talked about it. 
you've put a hard shell over your heart because when you let your guard down, it hurt. And so you pull that wall back up and you don't let it down. Here's what I want you to pray. Every single Wednesday night when this room is full of teenagers, I want you to pray that morning, God, help them to have tender hearts. Help them to let their guard down. Help them to have tender hearts to be able to receive from you. Because, see, here's the thing. It says in James that if you'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. See, you're drawing near to God this morning, church. I'm so thankful that you're here because you got up this morning, and you know what you decided in your heart? I need God. And so you got up and you got dressed and you came over here this morning. And the reason you're in this service is because you admit that you need God. And so when this room is full of teenagers, I want them to be able to say within themselves, I need God. I need God to move in my life. I need his help and that their hearts are tender. Because it says that he will give generous grace to anybody that's humble. All you have to, the original language on humble means lowly, but it doesn't mean lowly in the sense that you're worthless. It just means you're willing to admit you need God. Just what Kurt preached Wednesday night, God, I can't. God, I can't, but you can. Here's the second thing I want you to see. I want you to pray that they have open hearts. Let me read to you out of Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 18, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. Now, this is part of a prayer that I pray every day in my life. I pray a prayer out of Colossians. I pray a prayer out of Ephesians. It is printed on a card on the red desk, and you can get a copy of the same prayer that I pray, and you can pray it over yourself and over your family. I pray this prayer daily over you. If you consider yourself a member of Tulia Christian Fellowship, if you're not here as a visitor, you're here as a member. Hey, this is my church. Rusty's my pastor. This prayer is prayed over you on a daily basis. Listen to me. You are prayed for. You are prayed for. If you've ever felt alone, if you've ever felt abandoned, if you've ever felt like you're not prayed for, I want you to know this morning you're prayed for. Let me read this verse to you. Listen to what it says. It says, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he's called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. Here's the second thing I want you to pray. I want you to pray that their hearts are open. You know what that verse says? That verse says that when Kurt stands here and he explains the Scriptures, the Bible is light. And that light's not a physical light, it's a spiritual light, but it shines into their hearts. And what happens? Well, when the light comes on, you see. If you get up in the middle of the night to go use the restroom, if your house is very dark, you flip on the light so you can see. The light of the gospel shines into their heart. Here's what happens. They discover who they are. Now listen, that's what I want you to pray I want you to pray that they have tender hearts, and I want you to pray that they have open hearts. And when the Scripture is explained by Kurt, the Holy Spirit takes that Word, and He shines it on the inside of their heart, and they begin to understand who they are. Listen to me. Every teenager, every adult needs to know who they are. Listen, I know who I am. I know who I am. I know that I'm a born-again Christian. I know that God is my Father. I know that I'm His Son. I know that I've been placed as a son. I know that I'm loved. I know that I've been chosen. Listen, it changes everything. You know what happens when you don't know who you are? Well, you act stupid. Right? You act stupid. Coors loves people who don't know who they are. You see, Coors has no influence in my life. You know why? I know who I am. I don't need it to try to figure out who I am. We do it with clothes. We do it with makeup. We do it with sports. We do it with all kinds of different things, trying to figure out who we are. Every week we have teenage boys in this service. You know what they do? They act stupid. 
Sometimes they have to leave because they act stupid, right? One of the most shocking things we hear is, you can't kick me out of here. This is church. I can't wait till they tell Jesus, you can't kick me out of here. This is heaven. Well, I got real bad news for you. Uh, He decides who gets in and who gets out. He's the ultimate bouncer, amen? He's the ultimate bouncer. And so what we want to happen on Wednesday nights is they see who they are. It changes everything. Listen, it changes everything when you know who they are. So I would like to encourage you. I want to invite you on Wednesday morning. Uh, Any other time is great, but on Wednesday morning, would you pray? God calls them to have open hearts. God calls them to have tender hearts. I want to read another verse to you. This verse is Ephesians 5, 14, and I believe it's the New Living Translation. Ephesians 5, 14, listen to what it says. It says, for the light makes everything visible. Talking about the Word of God. That is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Living by the Spirit's power has been one of the themes in Ground Zero since last year. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're a man, I pray this verse over you every day. Do you know what I pray? That you'll wake up. You'll wake up. Well, Pastor, I'm awake. No, no. I don't mean physically awake. I mean spiritually awake. That you'll wake up and you'll decide to be a father. You'll decide to be a husband. You'll decide to be somebody that God wants you to be. You'll wake up. It says, I pray, and I pray that, that you'll wake from your slumber. You rise from the dead. And Jesus Christ gives you light. We leave Thursday for men's retreat. And I've been praying that for weeks over the men that are going and over the men from other churches that are going to be there. I prayed over you. I prayed over this city and I prayed over this county that the men in this city would awaken. They would awake from their stupor. They'd awake from their slumber. They would arise from the dead and they would come out of that sense of confusion and they'd know who they are. All right, we pray the very same thing over the teenagers, that they come to their senses. They awake from the dead. They awake and Jesus Christ gives them light and gives them life. I'm asking you to pray two things so far. I'm asking you to pray that they would have open hearts and they have tender hearts. Listen, you could, you, we need to pray the same thing over ourselves, right? You can pray this over your family. You can pray this over your friends. God, open our hearts. God, cause our hearts to be tender. So I want you to pray it. Here's the third thing I want you to pray. And let me flip over the next page. I want you to pray that they will have burning hearts. I'm going to read to you out of Luke 24 verse 12, and I've got several verses I'm going to read, and I'm going to read you a story. This is the story of the road to Emmaus. Many of you are familiar with this. Many of you are not. Let me read it to you. It says, however, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. He went home again wondering what had happened. Obviously, this story is talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus has died on the cross, not for himself, but for you. He has spent three days in the tomb. The stone's been rolled away. It says that he leaned down and looked in, and Jesus sitting there, and he's raised from the dead, and he runs. Listen to what happens. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleophas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. 
What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. They said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed them over to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who'd come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they'd seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in Scripture? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have suffered all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. Stop right there. I want to show you two things. First, I want you to see how playful Jesus is. What do you mean, Pastor? He walks up next to these guys, and he doesn't reveal himself, and they're blind, and they don't see. Now, they're not physically blind, but they don't recognize him, just like all of us in this room before we found Christ didn't recognize him. And he says, hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, man, where have you been? Are you from the moon? Are you under a rock? Where have you been? Man, this has all happened in Jerusalem, and Jesus came, and we thought he was the Messiah, but he's murdered, he's killed, and he's crucified. And Jesus doesn't reveal himself. Now, listen, don't miss this. Jesus has a sense of humor. He has emotions. He's playful. He's not stoic and weird. Okay, every Christian movie I've ever seen, it's like Jesus is on heroin or something. I mean, he's this stoic, weird guy, right? There was one on Fox the other night, and he's walking around with that zoned-out look on his face. Jesus is the most alive person who've ever lived. He was the most manly man that ever lived. He laughed. He cried. He had joy. He had peace. And you you would and you will enjoy being around him. Amen? He was playful. Then here's the next thing I want you to see. It wasn't important to him that they see him physically, and they do. They, They see him. But what was important to him was that he, they see him in the Word. Now, don't miss this. Every time you read your Bible, you should say, Jesus, help me see you in the Scripture. Because you see, Jesus is in every book of the Bible. And as you read the Bible and Jesus reveals himself to you, it strengthens and builds your faith and increases your intimacy and your relationship with Jesus. It's not, and we will see him physically. We will. I will see Jesus eye to eye. I'm going to hug his neck, and he's going to hug my neck. But until that time, it's important that you see him in the Scripture because it'll strengthen you, it'll bolster you, and it'll encourage you. So he explains everything to him going on. Now let me keep reading what happens. It says, by this time they neared Emmaus, and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him. He's playing with them again. Well, I got to go, y'all. I got to go. No, no, they said. Stay, stay the night with us. It's getting late. He went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took bread and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and at that moment, he disappeared. Stop right there. Let me give you another little nugget. Every time you take the bread and the cup, Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. You see, they weren't just eating food. Jesus blessed the bread. They were taking the bread in the cup. And the moment they did, they saw who he was. The moment they did. Listen, there's no more miracle in the church than communion. Just like Kurt warned this morning, don't take it lightly. Don't take it out of routine. 
when you take that bread and, you, and that cup, you expect the supernatural in your life. Expect miracles. Expect Jesus to show up. Expect him to show himself to you. Amen? All right, then look what happened. It says, suddenly their eyes were open. They recognized him, and at that moment, he disappeared. Verse 32, here's where I've been going the whole time. If you think, man, Pastor kind of got off. No, he didn't get off. Here we go. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Here's the third thing I want you to pray over our teenagers. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? As Kurt explains the scriptures on Wednesday night in Ground Zero, I want you to pray that the teenagers' hearts will burn within them. That they'll burn within them. Now that word burn, in the original language, a bigger explanation means to set on fire. Can you remember when you heard the gospel and your heart burned within you? Do you remember? I mean, as I look across this room, I know stories about many of you, and I know many of you could tell me stories, and I've heard your stories, and I've had people come up to me and say, when I started coming to this church, my life was changed. And see, your life wasn't changed because of Pastor Rusty or because of the worship team. Your life was changed because of Jesus. Many, if I said, raise your hand, many of you across this room have had that experience. Your heart burned within you. All right, that's what I want you to pray that on Wednesday nights when the gospel's being explained, when the scriptures are being explained, empower kids, we explain the scripture. Now, we explain the scriptures to a fifth grader, fourth grader, third grader, all right? Then down here, we explain them a little different to older kids. But when we explain the scripture, that their hearts burn within them. Wow. Wow. Three things. Pray that their hearts are tender. Pray that their hearts are open. And pray that their hearts burn within them. Pray that their hearts are tender. Pray that their hearts are open. And pray that their hearts burn within them. Now, next week, we will be going to men's retreat, but I'm going to get a card printed that'll have these three things on it so you'll be able to pick one up. I want you to have one because I'd love for you to take this card and on Wednesday morning, see, we meet as a staff across the street on Wednesday morning and we pray. And we pray for Grand Zero and Power Kids. And I want you to do the very same thing. I want you to pray with us. I want you to agree with us that their hearts will be open, their hearts will be tender, and their hearts will burn within them. Now, I don't know about you, and I know many of you are just like me. Jesus changed my life. I was nobody going nowhere. Jesus saved me. And I don't mean from hell. Sure, he saved me from hell. But he saved me. He changed me. Listen, my life is the way it is today because of the love of Jesus Christ. Not because I'm good, not because I've made the right choices, not because I have the right education, not because I'm the right color, not because I'm from the right family. He changed me. The grace of God saved me and changed me. The very same thing happens to kids and teenagers. This Wednesday, this room's going to be packed with teenagers. Right? High school sits in this section. The junior high girls are in this section. The junior high boys are in this section. It's packed. It's packed across the street. We had security Friday night when we did fifth quarter because we have so many kids. And it's just that it doesn't hurt to have security. And Doyle was here. And then we have a new police officer uh, who hadn't been here very long. And he was there for security. And he grew up in Lubbock. He went to Lubbock High, visited with him. And uh, we got him a smoothie. And I was talking to him. And he said, what is this? What is this? I said, well, this is fifth quarter. We do this after the football game. He said, what's this building? 
I said, well, this is ground zero. This is our youth ministry. He said, this is unbelievable. He said, how long have you been doing this? I said, since 1999. He said, no way. He said, you've been doing this since 1999. I, I said, yeah. He said, is this the church of Christ? Now, he must know some good church of Christ, amen? And nothing one here is not bad, I'm, I'm just saying, right? I said, no, we're not the church of Christ. And I got, I love, and I got another, they have a new pastor and I've met him and he's a good brother. I said, no, we're, we're Tulia Christian Fellowship. And he said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Listen, folks, God's doing amazing things right in our midst, right under our nose. We reached out to 500 kids and teenagers this, this past week. It, we're, we're sitting right in the middle of a miracle, and we want them to have open hearts. We want them to have tender hearts. And we want them to have their hearts burning with fire when Kurt explains the Scripture. Amen? All right, y'all stand up and let's pray. Praise God. Father, I love you. Lord, I'm so grateful for this first Sunday in September. I'm so thankful for fall. I'm so thankful that Ground Zero and Power Kids are back started. And, Father, we want to pray the first time together as a family, as a body. And, Lord, we pray right now that our teenagers and our kids would have tender hearts, that they would let their guard down. They'd open the door to their heart. Jesus, as you knock on the door, they'd say yes, and they'd open the door, and they'd let you in, and they would surrender their lives to you, and they'd say, I need you, and I need your help. Lord, we pray that they have open hearts. That, Lord, the light of the gospel, when Kurt explains the scriptures, when I explain the scriptures in Power Kids, that the light shines into their heart. And that, Father God, they begin to see who they are. They get a glimpse that they're loved. They get a glimpse that they're special. They get a glimpse that you sent your son to die for them and you have a plan for them. And Father, last, I want to pray that their hearts will burn within them. Father, it says that their hearts would be set on fire. Father, let there be a fire in Ground Zero. Let there be a fire in Power Kids. Then let that fire go to their homes. Let that fire go to their schools. Let that fire go into the athletics. Let that fire go into the community. And that we would be different because their hearts would be on fire. As Kurt explains the scriptures, their hearts burn within them. Father, thank you that we're in the middle of a miracle we're in the middle of something supernatural and amazing. And that kindergartners through seniors, lives are changed by the love of Jesus Christ. Father, I'm thankful for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I love you. Y'all going to be blessed. You have a great rest of your Labor Day weekend.